0: If you're looking for ways to prioritize your health and fitness, run more efficiently, understand food, and somehow fit it all into a fun and family-centered life, you're in the right place.
1: This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running.
0: so much for joining us today on another episode of the real life Runners podcast. We are your hosts Angie and Kevin Brown and today we are going to be talking about the concept of clean eating.
1: This topic is is so close to the heart um, because it, it hits home. On, on so many reasons and you'll see when we get to the why part of how both of us got into the clean eating process. But before we delve into the story, why don't we have a little background on, on really what is clean eating?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's so much out there nowadays. Um, it's definitely something that's becoming much more mainstream. Um, people are more aware of trying to eat clean or eat real food, eat unprocessed and, you know, trying to just clean up their diets. And There's so much information out there that sometimes it can be very overwhelming and confusing.
1: Well yeah, I mean you hear all of these different terms for the different diet and that's not the point of this. This doesn't have a catchy term for it. It's it clean eating is the catchy term. And it's there's so much nuance to it and there's there's so much that you can do that we're really trying to help out and figure out where can you start without just getting overwhelmed by the whole thing.
0: Absolutely because I think that it's definitely very easy to become overwhelmed. I mean, we've been on this journey now for a good what six to eight years? I think we've been starting. You know, it's been a while, and like our oldest is eight years old, so it's probably it's probably started around that time.
1: Right, and it it's just so ingrained in what we do now that I mean we've been trying to figure out when did we start, and I'm not sure that we have a good starting point. But I know for a fact that I definitely felt overwhelmed by it at the beginning.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, and that's what I mean. We've even been doing this for that long now, and there's still times that I feel overwhelmed by it. I mean, it's definitely. A lifestyle that we've, you know, adopted. Um, But, you know, you still see all these new articles and different things coming out and you always second guess and say like, is this, am I doing the right thing? Should I be cleaner than I am? Should I be doing something different than I am? Like there's so much out there that just, I know that makes me second guess a lot of times. So um, what is clean eating? Um, Basically it's not a diet and it's not a quick fix. That's the most important thing to point out i think
1: yeah the quick fix part is is very important with with most things in in life and fitness and health in general it's a it's a long road and you just want to keep making sure that you're making progress down the road right you know as long as you're doing something more than you were i think that's a good step
0: Right. So, I mean, eating clean is really a lifestyle choice. Um, it's It involves eating clean, real, unprocessed food, you know, cutting out all the junk from your diet. Um, and, and I use the word diet just to mean the stuff that you eat, you know, not not necessarily restricting. I mean, you do have to restrict some, somewhat, you know, because you're – but you're restricting all the crap, you know, that, that we're used to eating as Americans. Um, you know, the standard American diet, which – cracks me up that the acronym for that is SAD, S-A-D, Standard American Diet.
1: That is the best acronym I out mean, there.
0: Once I realized that, I just started laughing. But anyway, um, it is SAD. And it, like the, the way that a lot of people eat is, is not – they don't realize how bad it is for them and what kind of overarching consequences that it has um, and how much they could improve their health just by making some of these changes that we're about to talk about today.
1: Right. The uh, I mean, it's one thing when you've got the standard American diet and also the average American. Well, when you figure out how much percent of the population is obese, I think the average American is at least overweight.
0: Yes. The average American nowadays is overweight. And I think it's more than 60% now of America is overweight. And a portion of that then is actually qualified as obese.
1: Right. So let's try and move that spectrum the other direction and get healthier.
0: Okay. So Kevin, um, Let's let's talk about a little bit now about why we started on this journey. Um, you know, let's just call it eight years ago.
1: Okay, perfect. So there, there's two it wasn't parts. Eight, I don't think it was eight years ago though. It was at least six though. Yeah, definitely. Right. So
0: anyway, so, so eight years ago we started having kids.
1: Yes, yes, we have so, an eight year old. So yes. somewhere in that process, the kids started, and uh, and one of the things that we did when uh, the little one popped out, uh, well, actually. A while. That's why it's not eight years because we didn't start making baby food until she was old enough to start eating baby food. That's
0: true. So that's only seven years.
1: There you go. Yeah. So that gained us a year there. <laughs> this is starting to make sense now. But once well, you start no, she making... She
0: started eating in like six months.
1: Right. And once you start eating trying to feed the little one, you want to make sure that you're putting, you know, the most ideal food into it. And parents are always willing to go over and above for their kids. And so you're not going to go buy the quick fix. Well, I mean, some people will, but we were both looking at this of like, what can we do? What is the best thing to put into the child?
0: and and also cost effectiveness of it too you know that was a big portion when she first came out you know because those little baby food jars are expensive and again you don't know the quality of the ingredients going into that so that's kind of where we started kind of looking into all of this was you know I started by making mashed sweet potatoes and mashed peas and all the traditional baby food Um, I would buy an organic sweet potato and I would cook it and throw it into the food processor and mash it up and that was that was her baby food and it was
1: I love the organic sweet potato baby food because all you had to do was cook it and mash it. Right. Trying to mash up peas into a puree that <sighs> oh was small gosh. enough to feed to the kid that didn't just come straight back up. I, oh that was miserable. Oh
0: my gosh, I forgot all about that. And peas green were beans? the worst. Yeah, do you remember we had to put those through the strainer to try to like get the skins off? Like, oh that was terrible. You
1: stopped straining them. That became my job exclusively.
0: And that's when we stopped feeding her peas. <laughs>
1: Right, so now we're we're feeding the kid as healthy as possible. You start reading because when in doubt, Angie's going to the books and, and trying to figure out exactly the, the why and what's going on. And then it occurred to us, well, instead of just feeding the kid the healthiest stuff, why are we only feeding her healthy food and still putting other things into our own bodies? Right,
0: and I think that the more I read, the more I realized just how important our food choices were um, you know for our health I mean I, I knew some of it you know with a medical background you know you, you understand that that what you put in affects what comes out but I guess I just never personalized it. I never internalized it. I knew the, the knowledge but it, but you know we didn't have a lot of training and nutrition and that kind of stuff either, um, which I think is terrible. I think all medical professionals need to be counseled. Heavily in nutrition. Now, the more I read, the more I realize just how important it is for everything in our life, including chronic pain and a lot of the other stuff that I deal with as a physical therapist. But um, so anyway, the more that I read, the more I wanted to learn about this and um, also figure out, you know how how to improve our own health with our dietary choices.
1: Right, which then moves a little bit more into my personal story. So while we've got the kid and we're trying to figure out how to eat healthier and do that, I'm trying to deal with the diagnosis of ul- ulcerative colitis. Right. So... I've got that whole thing going on, which is causing all sorts of issues in the GI. And, you know, I've got, the, I've got the doctor who's giving me these pills to take on a daily basis. And I am not a fan of medicine. Like, right. I just, I don't like to put pills into my body yeah. for, for anything. Like, if I get a headache, I'm just going to sit there and drink a whole bunch of water and hope that that's going to cure my headache before I go to Advil. Right. So you know i am trying to do it and i'm i'm talking to the doctor about like well what if i change my diet what if i move this out what if i try, add something on
0: okay but before we go to that point you know you know you had the ulcerative colitis it was it, you had had flared up and then you went through the whole process and you were on medication for a good 2 years and you were symptom free at that point in time and then you know that's when you started talking to your doctor about other things that you could maybe do to get off the medication
1: Right. And as soon as I suggested, you know, change my diet to get off the medication, he sort of gave me a look like, yeah, that doesn't really work. The meds work. The meds have proven to work for you. So why would you want to go off of them? And I'm like, well, I want to try. Can I, can I give it a shot?
0: Right. And you asked him, like, if there were certain things that you needed to avoid in your diet and that kind of thing. And he basically told you that, it doesn't matter.
1: That diet has not been shown to correlate with flare up in, in ulcerative colitis. Right. And I'm thinking to myself, it's, it's a flare up in your intestines. How is food possibly not connected to this thing? Right. But he suggested that it wasn't. And yeah. I'm like, I, I really, I just want to try. And um, he finally agreed. I mean, I actually got the doctor to agree to this one because he looked at his patient population and decided that I was about 50 years younger than the rest of them (laughs) and was like, okay, I sympathize that you don't want to be on a pill every day for the rest of your life. So if you want to give it a shot, you can, you just have to come back and see me. I think he gave me like a six month window that I was allowed to give it a shot.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Six months or a year. I forget which one was. Something
1: to that effect. And so I just stopped taking the pills and changed what else I was putting into my body. Right. And, uh, it was, it was amazing. Like the changes were phenomenal. So, I mean, you have been looking into this a lot about what I should and shouldn't eat and completely changed and overhauled what was going in. And we cut out basically all processed foods, you know, and we'll get into some of the detail of what it was that we started with, but I think with one issue somewhere around the holidays where I was eating a whole bunch of like over at other friends' houses holiday food because... Once you see that dessert tray, I, I'm, it's hard for me to stop. Mm. Um, but other than that, I, I made it the year without any issues. And I came back and I talked to the doctor, and he's like, "All right, well, we've got to we've got to do the scope again and check and see." And there was nothing; like there mm. were no problems. Yeah,
0: you were clear on that colonoscopy, and that was fine. And he said, "We just that you have to have a little bit more regular colonoscopies." you know, just to make sure that everything is still good, even if you're not having flare-ups. And yes. and we're okay with that.
1: And if, if you've never had one, you realize just how enjoyable that process is <laughs> on a regular basis.
0: Right, <laughs> right. Some people probably already tuned out as soon as they heard the word colonoscopy. <laughs> but anyway, um, so we're not saying that, you know, this is going to be a fix for everybody because there are obviously different degrees of ulcerative colitis. And there's definitely, you know, there are some people that are plagued with terrible, terrible, um, Versions of it. I don't know version's version is not really the right word, but... Yeah, they um, have
1: it a, a much greater degree. Like the severity. I, I was not getting flare-ups constantly. Right. Like you it had just a wasn't. very mild
0: case. Yes. You know, so we're not... Please don't think we're suggesting that, you know, eating unprocessed food is a cure to ulcerative colitis. Because that is definitely not what we're suggesting. If you are currently taking a medication or under the care of a doctor you need to speak to your doctor. We are not giving you any medical advice here. Let's just be clear about that. There is no medical advice coming forward. We're just letting you know about our experience with this um, thus far, you know, that this did is is something that helped to to work for Kevin. So if it's something that you guys want to look into, please talk to your doctors about that.
1: Right. I'm in no way a doctor, but I am also not on meds anymore.
0: Which is exciting. So Okay, so that's kind of the what and the why. You know, we're talking about clean eating. We'll give you a little bit about our backstory and kind of how, you know, why we started into this whole journey. So now we just wanted to give you guys four tips on how to start this journey. If you haven't yet um, started to think about... Your eating habits and what you're putting into your body. Um, we've got four suggestions today of, of just a place to start because, like Kevin said before, this is a work in progress, and and we're still you know working on this every day. Um, what we look like today versus what we look like five years ago is completely different.
1: No, oh, it's laughably different. The the level of what we do now of what is just part of our normal experience if you had told us five years ago this is what we would be doing like there are things that we do in terms of like cleaning the veggies and and even what the veggies are that we're eating that is just like i would not have seen i definitely wouldn't have seen me going that direction
0: right yeah we spend a lot more time on food prep and food and just you know thinking about food and everything in general um than we ever did before you know i mean we before you know we would eat out a lot, you know, or order in, you know, whatever we, we barely do any of that. Now we cook almost all the time, um, just because we feel better eating our own food and knowing what we're putting into our body.
1: Right. And for someone who was the high school and college cross country runner who subsisted on, on, you know, spaghetti and granola bars, I just, I would not have thought I would have been eating as much veggies as I am right now, but it, first off, it tastes good because uh, I'm not eating if it, it doesn't taste good, and it feels great. But you do not need to just do this 100% massive overhaul of your diet on day one. You, if you try it, it is so likely that you're going to fail.
0: Yeah. It's just, it's too overwhelming.
1: Right. You need, you need a small step. You need a, a couple maybe that you can, you can start. It's the road that you move towards the healthier lifestyle. And if once you get comfortable with that, try another one. And you'll see that it's really not an overly restrictive diet. Because if it is... It's not going to work. I am so far against restrictive diets. And I know that I still break rules every once in a while at like a teacher faculty meeting when, that, you know, there's some treat sitting over there. I'm like, ooh, maybe I should have just a piece of that. And I know that I'm breaking the rules with it, but I know, also know what's coming for dinner that night. So right. it's a balance.
0: Right. Okay, so um, four tips. So tip number one is to shop the perimeters of the grocery store because all of the fresh food is usually on the perimeters. You know, usually one section is the produce section that's got all your fresh fruits and vegetables. And then if you just kind of walk around the perimeter of the grocery store, then you'll get into, you know, the dairy case with the butters and the milks and yogurts and cheeses and eggs and... And then you've got all your meats and, uh, you know, fresh meats and butcher and fish and all that good stuff.
1: Right. So basically, you're going to want to make sure that your refrigerator is well organized because you're going to be living with a lot of stuff that needs to be refrigerated. That's, that's the key step. And the whole, oh, well, which kind do I get? Do I get this or th- th- like which type of meat? Is it chicken or beef? Shop the perimeter.
0: Just don't worry about that stuff yet. If
1: you if you make a step by focusing on spending most of your time on the outskirts of the grocery store, that's a huge step.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So do you know eighty to ninety percent of your shopping there, and then you know the middle aisles that's got all the packaged foods. And so when you're going there, that should really only be ten to twenty percent of what you're buying is in the packaged food aisles.
1: Right, and then you've got the the lesson for if it's a packaged food and. This is, uh, this is big tip number two. So tip one, shop the perimeters. Tip two, if it comes in a package, aim for five ingredients or less on, the, uh, on whatever's packaged in there because yeah. that suggests minimally processed.
0: Right. And this was a big um, change for me in the way that I looked at packaged foods because every time I would shop for um, packaged foods, I would always turn it over and look at the back of it. But I would always look at the calories and the fat. And um, the protein, you know, sometimes. But I would look at the nutritional label. I would never look at the ingredients because I was always in that diet mentality. I was always on a diet, you know. So I was always like, okay, how much fat is there? How many calories is there? What's the serving size? This and that. But um, I had to really switch over and kind of start to ignore the nutrition label and just look at the ingredients, just the list of ingredients. And if there was five ingredients or less, usually you're doing pretty well.
1: Right, and I didn't really worry all that much about what I was eating. Like I, I've always run so much that it was just like, well, okay, I'm just gonna eat that because I'm hungry. And suddenly flipping over to this because I was like, no, why don't I actually pay attention to what I'm putting in so that I feel good and the doctor doesn't get angry and want me to go back on medication. Right. So I, the the five ingredient rule works, and I mean, there's definitely things that we have in our pantry right now that break the rule, but it was an. Awesome place to start because. You, you get out of the hole, and this is added to it, and this is added to it. it. It's not necessary. If you're eating a good, real food diet, it shouldn't have that many ingredients.
0: Right. And that that's because when it's five ingredients or less, it can't have a lot of preservatives in it. Because, like you said, there's it needs to actually have whatever food is in it, and then just, there isn't enough room for any of the preservatives and all the other junk that they add to it. So um, that's a nice... Segue into our third tip, which are like some of the worst offenders. You know, they're this is kind of how we started. We started to avoid things that had certain ingredients in them like we, we definitely tried for the five ingredients or less sometimes you know though that uh, doesn't always work you know especially when you're buying multi-grain things or that kind of thing like that all have good ingredients in them but you want to make sure that you're buying the good stuff so
1: or when you're in the grocery store with the little kids or well, quite frankly me and it's sort of like ooh, I want to get that mm-hmm. <laughs> it's got more than five ingredients I, I definitely remember going up and down aisles and holding the package and be like it 's got seven, Angie out of these seven are we still okay are Are the ingredients at the bottom going to be bad and right. that 's when you started doing so much research into like you know specific ingredients we don 't need to get into that let 's cover a few things that are the key ones to avoid
0: right and these are the key ones that we chose to avoid um, so number one is high fructose corn syrup now there 's been a lot of research on High fructose corn syrup and how it raises the glycemic index. And or, I'm sorry, it is high on the glycemic index and raises blood sugar. And then the corn companies come out and say, no, high fructose corn syrup isn't any worse for you than other types of sugar.
1: Oh, I remember that commercial. Yeah. What about high fructose corn syrup? That it's made from real corn? Right. I remember that commercial. Right,
0: right. So there's so much, like, you know, messages out there about different things, but basically, If something has high fructose corn syrup in it, it is most likely highly processed. I mean, that's really it. And has added sugar.
1: The other thing is, if it has high fructose corn syrup in it, it probably has some other things that are lower on our list of offenders. Like they weren't in like our original list of, oh, make sure it doesn't have that or that, but they're probably on there. Mm -hmm. Then you just got to start remembering various chemicals. And that's why I used to check with you about, wait, is this type okay, but this one not? And if it has high fructose corn syrup, it probably has a few other things that you're ultimately going to be like, oh, I should avoid that also.
0: Right. Um, so a couple of the other things that we considered our worst offenders at the time were artificial colors. So anything with dyes, yellow, this red, this green, this blue, this like any, there's no green. Oh, there is no green. It's just red, red, yellow, green is actual
1: vegetables. Those are good (laughs) for you.
0: That's true. So Yes, avoid any of the artificial dyes because research is actually now showing that a lot of these artificial dyes are leading to symptoms of ADHD that a lot of kids are experiencing nowadays. So that's definitely an important one to try to avoid, especially if you have kids. I mean, even if you're an adult, but.
1: Right. Um, Next on the list, we, we went with artificial flavors. Which is a great one and easy to spot on the list of, of ingredients because it's listed as artificial flavor. <laughs> like, if you know that there's something in your food called artificial, this like you're probably not really going to want to eat that. Right. Like, if your goal is a real food diet, and one of the ingredients is actually called artificial, good to step away.
0: Yes, and last um, on our worst offender list is artificial sweeteners. So aspartame, um, Splenda Um, more to some equal. I mean, Mm -hmm. what, but equal is, oh, um, equal is aspartame. It's sweet and low is, uh, saccharin. That's the other one I'm thinking of. So artificial sweeteners, no good. Um, so those, those are kind of our, our top four worst ingredients that we started with. It was the high fructose corn syrup, artificial flavors, artificial colors, and artificial sweeteners. That's where we kind of started as far as like the the things that we definitely would not buy.
1: Right, and I mean, that's a, that's a decent place to start because it's not an overwhelming list and you can recognize the ingredients pretty quickly with just a quick scan of the back of the package.
0: Right, so tip number four,
1: Kev. Tip number four, I thought that this was an important one to put on here and uh, it is simply don't worry if you mess it up like it's it does not need to be perfect, you do not need to have a one hundred percent overhaul on your diet tomorrow and go through the pantry and chuck out half of it like it's, some
0: people will say that you should though, yeah,
1: I know, and they've got the t v reality shows like I remember the what was the one of the shows on there where the dietitian would come in and they would just start throwing out half the food more than half the food in the house, and it's like that just seems remarkably wasteful right. um. It's just that you need to do better today than you did yesterday, Right. you know, and and think about what you can do tomorrow that's going to make it even better. Once you start this path, you're going to start seeing, oh, well, if I've already made these steps, what else could I do? And that's how we got to where we are.
0: And then you're going to realize how much better you start to feel also. Doing a complete diet overhaul is really difficult for most people, I would say. You know, there are some people out there that could just go through their pantry and throw out all the stuff and then just start on a new diet path. There are, there are some people out there that could do that, but I would, suggest, I would say that most people couldn't. It would be too difficult for most people to just do a complete overhaul.
1: Right. And then, you know, we've got the two little ones running around and Halloween coming up. So in a few weeks, there's going to be just enormous amount of candy oh, that just God. overloads the pantry. Yeah, Like it's coming and you can't panic as much as I have done that in the past. I say that out loud as though somehow I've perfected this process and I still freak out every Halloween.
0: Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, you don't have to be perfect. Just start somewhere, you know, start with steps that you know that you can implement steps that you know you can do um so even if you know i mean when we first started we weren't buying like a huge head of broccoli we were buying the pre-packaged pre-cut broccoli florets that were all ready to you know and you just you could throw them in the microwave or you can throw them in a steamer basket oh,
1: yeah this steam in the bag put it in the microwave right. and boom it was vegetables in a minute and a half right like, i mean that's where
0: we started you know i mean it, it's it's a great place to start, you know, and then you just kind of slowly evolve from there and figure out what works best for you and your family.
1: Like if your changes, you started, you have more green things in your diet than you did yesterday, that's a huge step. Just increasing the amount of fruit and vegetable is a big move, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's, that's a huge thing for a lot of people who generally avoid fruit and vegetables. Give it a shot.
0: Yeah. And so like we like to do, um, on every episode when possible, we like to try to relate this to your real life and you know, you already know what the relation is to your real life, you know, but it can also relate to running and same thing, you know, one step at a time, just keep moving forward. You know, don't worry if you mess up. I mean, it's all, it's all kind of the same message.
1: Yeah. No, every day does not need to be perfect. It's just that you can't dwell if it goes bad. You have to think, hey, what can I do next? What could my next step be? You also have to realize that you have to keep progressing. You know, don't be stagnant. Keep looking out there about, hey, how can I get even better than I am right now? So that's why, you know, we point out that the two of us are still coming up with new things and mm-hmm. still looking into what about this? What about that? It it keeps you current. It makes you know what's going on out in the world whether in, you know, whatever aspect of your life running fitness and, and health it whatever it is. Keep keep your knowledge up and keep moving forward.
0: Yep. So I think that's a great place for us to stop today. Um, You know, good luck if you are starting on this clean eating journey. It is definitely worthwhile and you will find so many health benefits um, just in overall the way that you feel. And then also your running probably will improve because you're going to start getting rid of some of that junk in your body um, and you'll just start to feel better overall.
1: This is going to be huge if you ever have GI issues while you're out on the run. I I bet they start feeling better.
0: And if you want a little bit more guidance, we have created um, our real food grocery list for you guys. So something um, that you can just print out and take with you to the grocery store of just some suggestions of things that we like to buy and keep in our pantry and and stuff um, to make clean eating a little bit easier for you and a little bit more accessible. So just head over to realliferunners.com and you can um, just put in your email address and get that sent to you right away so you can print it and use it on your next shopping trip
1: yeah that's a that's a great shopping list um if you print that out don't get overwhelmed by it and think that you have to buy everything on that list you know find some stuff in the produce section and you know buy a little bit more fruit and vegetable than you did last time and that's a great first step so so thank you for joining us i hope you uh found this episode useful and helpful and uh, we will catch you guys next week